MSW Media. What's up, guys? This is Dustin Poirier, and you're listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. our theme song. It was written and recorded by my friend Kalai King. Now, we've been doing the show for a few years, and Kalai's offered to update the theme song, but no way, man, no way. The original feels eternal to me, like it has to be our theme forever. Unless, of course, like Neil Young or Lizzo reaches out and offers to record a song for us, then, you know, later, Kalai King. But I think you'd understand. I really do. Speaking of songs I love, there's this one. I read a piece once in, uh, I think it was Rolling Stone or maybe Playboy, that said, You Shook Me All Night Long is one of the most popular stripper songs of all time. More hot young women, and some men too, have taken it all off and shaken their T's and grinded their A's to that song than virtually any other tune in history. Now, yet another reminder that nothing is sacred and everything's for sale, even the most iconic all-time anthems of ass-shaking, who shook me all night long as being used to sell chicken wings in an Applebee's commercial. That's right. This ass-kicking rock and roll masterpiece has helped raise millions of boners worldwide at places like Chicks on Dicks and Leave it to Beavers has been perverted by a sprawling casual dining franchise that caters to middle American mundaneness. You realize Applebee's is owned by the same corporate behemoth that inflicted the world with the International House of Pancakes and Orange Julius? Ah, <sighs> Jesus. Instead of making me think of gorgeous babes sliding up and down poles while slathered in oil, now I'm made to think of dead, deep-fried birds covered in hot sauce and way too many calories. I don't want you shook me all night long to conjure images of eating good in the neighborhood. It's supposed to make me think of being bad at the booby bungalow. <sighs> By the way, if you're eating at Applebee's, I got news for you. You're not eating good in the neighborhood. There's probably some good things on there, but I'm going to guess every item on there is about 2,000 calories. Come on. We can do better, <laughs> says the guy that hosts the drinking show. Anyway, what the hell are you going to do, right? What the hell's going on? I mean, what the hell is going on? Coming up on the show, UFC star Dustin Poirier. He's a brand ambassador for Hop Water. Now, Every once in a while on this show, we feature non-alcoholic beverages, and this is one of those times. 
I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotch is got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. I hear you, Ron Burgundy. Scotch is awesome. Can't always feature whiskey. I mean, that would get boring after a while. Yeah, yeah. Same goes for tequila. I love it. But again, water is important too. Gotta stay hydrated. For real. You talking to me? Yes, I am talking to you. You and everyone else. This hop water is great. Trust me on this. Plus, we'd never do an entire episode without featuring some alcohol. Come on. Would I do that to you? Would I? In fact, today we're introducing a new segment. It's called Drinks of the Week, which I tell you about some stellar adult beverages that you ought to try. That's right, because, you know, I'm here for you, friends. I am here for you. And are you ready? Let's do this. Drinks, drinks, drinks of the week. Drinks, drinks, drinks of the week. Drinks, drinks, drinks of the week. It's what we're drinking with Dan Dunn's. Drinks of the week. Yes, hands. Yes. In case you're wondering, I intentionally make our segment intro sound cheesy and hastily thrown together. Reminds me of a lot of the shit I used to hear on the radio when I was a kid. And that warms my heart. So there you have it. First up in drinks of the week... Linden Leaf 88 Organic Molecular Gin. Now, Linden Leaf is a distillery founded by three Cambridge scientists, smart guys. It's the first distillery I know of to create spirits on a molecular level. Now, what the hell does that mean? Well, after experimenting with all kinds of botanicals and... uh, Am I making up a word? Botanicals. (laughs) botanicals and scientific techniques uh, they they extract specific molecules these booze loving nerds at linden leaf developed a way to identify the exact molecules in each ingredient so for instance which molecule delivered the limiest lime or the yuzuist yuzu fresh off the tree flavor pretty nuts right and in the process, they also discovered which of these different botanical molecules worked in perfect harmony with each other and which ones didn't, including which work best with juniper. And as we know, juniper is the primary botanical used in most gins. Now, what they're doing, they call molecular craftsmanship. I just call it friggin' genius. It's pretty damn cool, isn't it? Anyway, this 88 organic molecular gin features, you guessed it, 88 separate flavor molecule notes from 28 different botanicals. And somehow all of these complex flavors and aromas come together and complement each other beautifully. The botanicals include yuzu, calamansi, grains of paradise, Aztec sweet herb, and it's all built around a core of subtle organic juniper. Oh, I love juniper. I, I am a fan. I am, folks. I love me some gin. And this one's a great sipping gin. It's delicate, dry. It's also a bright, fresh compliment to, you know, put a little tonic in there, a little gin tonic, and or you can make another classic gin cocktail or two with it. Gin 88 is 86 proof and retails for about 39 bucks. That ain't bad. Some of these gins are getting up above 50 bucks now, and I don't know. I don't know if I'm down with that. 39 bucks though, for a high-quality gin, I'm in. So for more info or to order online, go to shoplindenleaf.com. Yeah, check them out. I'm digging it. Our second entry in today's installment of Drinks of the Week is 
a wine called the Hidden Sea. This is an Australian wine brand that just made its debut here in these United States. Hidden Sea offers three varietals. They got a red blend, a rosé, and chardonnay. And for every bottle of wine that's purchased from the Hidden Sea, they remove the equivalent of 10 single-use plastic bottles from the oceans and rivers and other waterways. Very cool, right? And absolutely necessary. Dig this. Since July of 2020, the Hidden Sea has removed over 13.7 million plastic bottles. And now that they're here in the U.S., big old U.S., with all that buying power, the goal is to remove 1 billion single-use plastic bottles from the ocean worldwide by 2030. Again, that's a billion by 20. That's eight years from now. Come on. Baller. Hidden Sea. Right on. As for the wine itself, as mentioned, there's three offerings. Each one's about 15 bucks a bottle, so that's great price. Uh, my preference of the three would be the red blend. Anybody knows me, that's not surprising. I'm a, I'm a red wine kind of guy. It's 85% Shiraz, 15% Cabernet Sauvignon. It's very smooth. There's a lot of red berry flavor to it. It's a well-put-together wine. It's got solid tannins. It gives it a nice backbone to it. It's not a flimsy red wine. It's very solid. Solid. I keep using that word, but it is. I like it. And for $15, you cannot beat it. The Hidden Sea Red Blend. I also like the Chardonnay and the Rosé, too, but, you know, the weather's starting to cool off and all that, and it's a red wine time. It's red, red wine time for me. I'm singing. That's right, I'm singing. So if you want more info on this badass new wine brand, go to HiddenSea.com. And those are your drinks of the week. Go get them. And enjoy yourself. Enjoy yourself. It's later than you think. Enjoy yourself while you're still in the pink. The years go by as quickly as a wink. Enjoy yourself, enjoy yourself. It's later than you think. I read an interesting piece on Food and Wine's website. It's titled, The Irish Coffee Walked So the Espresso Martini Could Run. In it, the author, Ryan Shepard, attests that the espresso martini is having a moment. And she's right. You know, it is. Uh, Ryan writes it after, fail, uh, after falling into relative obscurity after its debut in the 1980s, bars and restaurants cross country are giving the espresso martini coveted space on their cocktail menus for good reason. And Shepard goes on to explain the history of the drink. And this is something I talked about. On a recent episode featuring mixologist Luke Barr. Go back and find that about two or three episodes ago. Talk about that history. Dick Bratzel invented the drink over in London. Shepard also argues, and correctly I believe, that there would be no espresso martini without the original caffeinated boozy drink, the Irish coffee. And contends that the Irish coffee has kind of fallen out of favor in recent years. To back this up, she quotes Aidan Bowie, the beverage director at the famous Dead Rabbit in New York City. Have you guys been there? Down by Wall Street? Unbelievable bar. Great, great Irish pub. Anyway, uh, Aidan Bowie believes that part of the Irish coffee's unpopularity has to do with the reputation of its components. He says, vodka is definitely a more approachable spirit, while a lot of people have had a bad experience with Irish whiskey before because they've done it as a shot rather than had it in something as elegant 
as an Irish coffee. Yeah, all right, I'll buy that. Now look, if Irish coffee has indeed taken a backseat to the espresso martini, that's a shame. It really is. I mean, look, the espresso martini's fine. But frankly, the Irish coffee is one of the best cocktails ever invented. In fact, uh, after I read Shepard's you know, disturbing report, I think uh, now's a good time to revisit a three-minute bartender we did about the Irish coffee. Hopefully this will remind you how special this libation really is. We're all busy, and that's why sometimes you want a good drink and you want it fast. So strap in and hold on tight, friends. This is the 3-Minute Bartender. 3-Minute Bartender is an evergreen resource. Still... We're recording this in February during a record cold snap. So this is a warm drink that will keep you super alert so you can get really into the shitty weather we're having. Now, Irish coffee is sort of the original Four loco, And they banned the original Four loco with caffeine, but they can't take away my Irish coffee. This is a great drink if you want to have your judgment impaired while getting hopped up on a powerful stimulant. Oh, Ireland, is there anything you can't make into a bar fight? Here's what you need. Good coffee, pretty good Irish whiskey, brown sugar, heavy cream. Equipment-wise, you're going to need a coffee maker, a bar spoon, and a way to whip cream. And again, good coffee is a key to a good end product. As far as the Irish whiskey goes, I never recommending using fancy booze in a hot drink. Think classics. Patty, Bushmills, Jameson, Powers. If you must buy fancy, the fanciest you should get is Tullamer Dew. Now, like most drinks, Irish coffee has a disputed origin. Several people claim to have invented it. But anyone who claims they were the first person to put liquor into coffee is an idiot. Classic story is this. It was invented in 1943 by Joe Sheridan at the Foynes Air Base Flying Boat Terminal. I say again, Flying Boat Terminal. Stay Ireland, Ireland. A Pan Am flight bound for America was turned back due to inclement weather, and Joe invented the Irish coffee on the spot to warm and soothe the passengers, but keep them up so they could be ready to leave whenever that plane was ready to get the hell out of there. Someone asked, is this Brazilian coffee? And Joe replied, no, it's Irish coffee. There's a travel writer for the San Francisco Chronicle named Stanton Delaplane. He tried it on his way through the airport, immediately fell in love with the drink, and brought it to America. San Francisco's Buena Vista Cafe began serving it in 1952. Thereafter, it gained international fame. Now, that's a great story, but probably not the true origin of the drink. There are documented coffee cocktails going back 100 years before Joe Sheridan. The Viennese were drinking rum and whipped cream in their coffee in the 1800s. They called it a pharisaer. The French were also drinking coffee and liquor in the 1800s. They called theirs a gloria. And the Irish version probably didn't start with Joe Sheridan either. May have started at a Dublin pub called the Dolphin. Cream and sugar were being added to disguise the terrible taste of World War II ration coffee. Whiskey was added because it's fucking Dublin. Regardless, the Buena Vista is where the Irish coffee got famous. And hell, they make a really good Irish coffee at the Buena Vista. But so can you. And here's how. Fill up a mug with hot water to warm it up. Dump it out and fill it three quarters with hot coffee. Add sugar to taste, about a teaspoon, and Irish whiskey to taste. Then float very cold, lightly whipped cream on top. Cream should be thickened, but still a little runny. Now remember, you're drinking alcohol, and you're also drinking coffee. Too much of either can result in poor decision-making. Too much of both can result in making poor decisions with increased speed and certainty. There are variations to the Irish coffee. Jamaican coffee is the same thing with rum. Highland coffee is the same thing with scotch. Some people will tell you to use Baileys in place of cream. Those people are monsters. If you're filthy, use Ready Whip. If you're really filthy, use Cool Whip. If you're extremely filthy, use Instant Coffee, Splenda, and Cool Whip. And then to top it all off, Canadian Mist. And finally, I'll leave you with a joke. 
Old Man Murphy and Old Man Sean were contemplating life when Murphy asked, If you had to get one or the other, would you rather have Parkinson's or Alzheimer's? Eh, sure, I'd rather have Parkinson's, replied Sean. Tis better to spill a couple of ounces of Jameson whiskey than to forget where you keep the bottle. Stay warm out there, folks, and remember, there's never been a storm that couldn't be weathered with our old friend alcohol. Friends, I love football. I really do. There's just something so exhilarating about watching grown men in silly padded outfits getting in there and mixing it up. And speaking of mixing it up, how's that for a segue, huh? When you're having friends over to watch football, the last thing in the world you want to do is be spending half the damn game playing Master Mixologist. It's a time-consuming pain in the ass. That's why my fridge is always well-stocked with ready-made mixers from Fresh Victor. If I've said it once, I've said it 14,763 times. You can buy the finest, fanciest, most expensive spirits in the world to make craft cocktails at home. But if you use Lamo mixers, you're going to get Lamo drinks. That ain't going to happen with Fresh Victor, a line of all-natural, clean-label cocktail mixers that are as smooth as Josh Allen throwing the long ball. Fresh Victor features eight unique blends with contemporary flavors designed to suit any palate. All the ingredients are fair trade sourced. There's no artificial anything. Mixers are produced at a 100% solar-powered juicing plant with absolutely no waste. Right now, Fresh Victor is offering a blowout win of a deal to my listeners. Simply go to FreshVictor.com, fill up your shopping cart, and at checkout, enter promo code WWD20 to get 20% off your order. Touchdown! Score! Something else! Here's what I know. Now's the time to treat yourself to the very best mixers on the market. And that's Fresh Victor. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, R, R. Oh, happened again. Whenever I randomly decide to perform the alphabet on this show, I always get stuck on those three R's. Guess it's because of my close personal relationship with Batiste Rum, known far and wide as the 3R Rum, because they practice regenerative agriculture, use renewable energy, and make responsible choices. The makers of Batiste Rum employ an eco positive solar-powered manufacturing process from beginning to end. It's the only known beverage alcohol in the world to have a climate-positive natural production process without the purchase of carbon offsets. Batiste Rum is made from 100% pure fresh cane juice, not molasses or sugar crystals. If you like your tequila 100% agave, then you'll like your rum 100% cane juice. It's an incredibly damn delicious rum to be enjoyed neither in cocktails. I got two great offer codes from Batiste for you. Go to BatisteRum.com, that's B-A-T-I-S-T-E-R-H-U-M.com, fill up your cart, enter code WWD15 at checkout to get 15% off all orders. And if you want to try their delicious Reserve Rum, and you should, enter code RESERVE to get 20% off. Folks, Batiste Rum is proof that great taste with true sustainability is not a goal for tomorrow, but a reality today. And that is as simple as ABC. Joining me now, pound for pound, one of the toughest fighters ever step into the ring in the UFC. He has been doing it at a high level for a long time. He's still got plenty left in the tank with a big fight coming up in November, which we're going to talk about. He's also a brand ambassador and part owner of one of my go-to non-alcoholic liquids. You know, this is what we're drinking with Dan Dunn, but you know, we can't live on alcohol alone. I tell you that all the time. You got to hydrate. 
And when I want to hydrate, I drink hop water. And here he is, Dustin Diamond Poirier. How are you, man? What's up, bro? Hell of an intro. Hell of an intro. I'm I'm good. How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Doing good. It's it's nice to meet you. Uh, I've seen you fight. Seen you in the ring, man. You're uh, tenacious, and I want to get into some of that. Um, but first, I want to talk about hop water. For, tell us what it is and how you got involved. Hop water is a. Uh, I, first off, I got involved because I was a fan of the product. But hop water is a. It's a seltzer water. Uh, brewed with hops so it gives you that hoppy flavor still zero calories zero sugar also there's a few nootropics in there well hold on, let me stop you nootropics i don't know what this stuff is tell me things that are good for your brain adaptogens you know what i mean ashwagandha um l-theanine things like that okay i like this my brain could use all the help it can get <laughs> so you're saying when you're training when you're obviously I, i'm gonna I, I don't know obviously but i'm gonna guess you're not doing a whole lot of uh, alcohol drinking when you're training for fights right not when i'm in fight camp no i can't yeah I so can't. this is this is the kind of stuff you're going to for sure like uh like yesterday dude i'm watching football games i can't have the calories of the alcohol but i can't crack open a hot water you know pour it in a glass and, and it, it it does the job i'm gonna guess when you say you're watching football you're a saints fan yeah, yesterday was tough. I'll, yesterday was tough. I wish there was. I wish there was alcohol in this yesterday. By the time this airs, yesterday will have been a couple of weeks ago. But the Saints lost. Uh, I think they dropped to zero and three. By the right, or is they, are they zero and three? They win one. Uh, one and two. One and two. All right. Well, you know they'll get it back. I, I think the coach is a little bit on Dennis Allen. Right, that's the new coach. Tough act to yeah, follow man. with with you know, but he might be a little little on the hot seat. Maybe, dude. I I don't know what's going on, man. Now and. Quarterbacks busted up, you know, playing injured out there. Uh, Uh, Got a few players out of the game, right? You know, this last game, it's just, we're all over the place. I think if we could all pull it together, Winston, you know, shows up and we have a good team. It's just, everybody needs to be on the same page. As you can see from the hat, I'm an Eagles fan. I'm from Philly. And again, at this this recording, we are three and oh, by the time this airs, we'll be week five or six of the season. So who knows where we'll be at that point. But right now we're three and oh, but we're not here to talk football, but you are from Louisiana. You're from, you grew up in Lafayette. Where is that in relation to new Orleans? That's about two hours North of new Orleans. Okay. So maybe up more towards like uh, Baton Rouge up that way. About about 40 minutes from Baton Rouge. Yeah. Okay. So you grow up in Louisiana. I, and I, I still live there. I, I just do training camps here in South Florida. So after this fight in November, I will be at some December games. So you're still there. From what I've been able to glean from from doing a little research, so you you grow up, you're in school, you get in high school, you're you're getting in a lot of fights, you get in a lot of trouble. You you figure out a way to channel that energy that and that's fighting for sure. So you start doing this. You when did you have your first professional fight? My first pro fight was in 2009. Okay. Yeah, 2009. So 13 years ago. Yeah. So to do Time this flies, kind of man. stuff, to, to be able to stay in the game as long as you have and to do it, you do really got to take care of yourself. I mean, it's it's the there's no lapses. Is there any you have to. cheat months or anything like that? None of that stuff. Uh, you know, I, I, after fights, like in November, I'm going to enjoy the holidays. That's right. Before, you know, I fight November 12th. So I'm coming to come back home to Louisiana, drink some whiskey, eat food for Thanksgiving, have fun with my family, you know, and then get right back to the, to the routine. Yeah. Our bodies, it's investments, man. In a long career. You got to take care of yourself. You mentioned that fight in November. 
fighting Chandler, Michael Chandler, correct? Yeah. A little bad blood there, possibly. Mm. Right. So a little bit going on. From what I've been able to follow, there's been a little back and forth where, tell me if I'm wrong here, he was talking about his future opponents and somebody mentioned, he says, oh, man, you're not even on his radar. Is that true he said that? But then he tried to walk it back? Yeah, but all that's noise, man. None of that matters. It's, it's, I mean, it's always personal because we're going to go in there and to try to hurt each other and, and, and knock each other unconscious for 15 minutes. But that's just part of the game. This is business. Uh, him saying that stuff is kind of like, or going back and forth with the things he says is kind of funny to me. But that, that's, that, that was my problem with him. It's just, I thought that whenever I met him in person and I've been around him in person twice, uh, the way he spoke to me and about me was different than when he gets on a microphone and, and speaks to the masses. So that's, a, that's the, the, the thing I had with him. But it's all good. We're going to fight. But some of it's showmanship too, right? Just try to hype, get this stuff hyped up. Because you fought... You fought no, Mc- not at all. You fought McGregor numerous times. And that's that's... Let's face it. That's kind of McGregor's MO. He talks a lot of smack before the fight. Although... With you, it kind of seems like he had a respect for you. Like, you know, I don't recall him talking a lot of shit about you when you guys fought. Am I right there? We fought three times. Uh, two of the times he talked a lot of shit, yeah. Okay. But you beat him the last two. Yeah. The st- and the last one was the one where he broke his leg or something, correct? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah, well, I'm glad you kicked his ass. I'm, 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 yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy for you there. Uh, not, not the biggest fan. Okay. Let's go a little bit in hot water now. You, you do that. You've, I'm sure you've had lots of uh, brands come to you to sponsor, do whatever. Why, why choose a brand like this? Yeah, I have a lot of brands that come to me. And, and the things that I, that's organic that I was using before, like Everlast, I've been a fan of Everlast for a long time. So, and I was buying their products. So whenever they came to me with a, with a, a deal and, and a partnership, it made sense. And, and pretty much all of my endorsements are that way. They, they, they come from an organics, you know, so, some kind of seed got planted actually using the product before we started talking and, and part and made, you know, something happen. But with hot water, it was, I had quit drinking for a while. This was a couple years ago and I was drinking different uh, hop teas and, and different seltzers and things like that with hops in it to kind of give me that, that flavor of, of a beer without the calories or alcohol and uh, ran across hot water. Then I found them on, on Instagram, follow, started following their page. And I just like, it's just a good feeling. The company has a good feel to it. The product's great. So it made sense. When you drink it, what do you feel like it does for you, for your body? What kind of reaction does it, does it uh, invoke in you? I mean, at night, like tonight's Monday, I don't know, like you said, when this is going to be broadcast, but tonight, Monday night football is going to come on. I'm going to pour one of these cold boys in a, in a glass and sip on that and just kind of relax. It's just relaxing. If you grew up years drinking beer, you know that certain hop flavor when it hits your hits your mouth, and this this has that. So it kind of scratches that itch for me when I'm here in training camp, or if it's the middle of the day and I'm back home and, and I got to do yard work and it's hot outside. I drink one of these. It feels like I'm drinking a beer, but I, you know, but I'm not. So, so I like that. It comes in uh, several flavors. You got the classic. You got blood orange. You got mango. I'm drinking the lime right here, and I am a big fan of this lime. It did. You're getting that citrusy flavor, almost a little pine notes in there. Right. It really is delicious. And uh, like you said, it's got all kinds of what, ashwagandha. What do you call it? Ashwagandha? <laughs> ashwagandha. That, yeah, it's a, an adaptogen. Um, and we also have a peach as well. And it helps you unwind this thing. Yeah, just relax, you know. Now, when you take to the ring, part of the thing was you were fighting at a – you're lightweight now, right? 
Yeah. Okay. But early on, you were fighting lighter, but then uh, you you were having trouble cutting weight, or was it you just didn't want to do that anymore? Yeah, the beginning of my career, I fought most of my career at lightweight, and then I had a, had an opportunity in 2011 to to cut down to 145 pounds, which is featherweight. So most of my career has, you know, 95% of my career has taken place at lightweight and I had an opportunity to cut down to 45 and fight a number one contender. And I did that and I won the fight. So I stayed there a little while um, because I had just beat the number one guy. So it made sense to, to, to stay there. But as I got older, you know, like you said, I've been in, in this game a while, your body continues to grow and get heavier and you just mature. And, and I had to move back up to 155 pounds. One of the things that's great whenever just reading articles about you that's always mentioned, and it seems like you've you've just garnered the respect of your peer is you do a lot of stuff, charitable stuff. You, you your altruism is something that's celebrated, I think, throughout the sport. And and where does that come from? Does that just the way you were brought up or you're using your platform for good? Um it partially to the way I was brought up. You know, uh, coming up, my my home was a was a foster home. My mother would let children in, and sometimes like for the hurricane families in and stuff like that. So other children would be living with us um, in our normal in our everyday house uh, for different periods of time until until they they had somewhere to go. But so I'm sure that might have instilled a little bit of that into me. But also just I understand the platform I have with fighting and and doing these big interviews like on ESPN and on Fox and things like that. So I can spread awareness and be, be a megaphone uh, for the people who, who back home in Louisiana. And now we've doing things across the world who, whose voice isn't heard. You know, I'm, I have a, I have a, a box I'm standing on to the masses. So why not use it in, in a, in a good way. Well, and you've done stuff with water too, which is an interesting little connection. I, you were involved with the charity that was bringing clean water to Africa, right? We actually teamed up with uh, Fight for the Forgotten. That's Justin Wren's uh, nonprofit. A great, great things they do. Um, yeah, they were they were helping the pygmy people in Uganda, and I teamed up with them and we built seven water wells and also bought forty acres of land for them to start building housing, which they have started building housing. Uh, Manny Pacquiao, the boxer, teamed up with that. I think uh, Chris Cyborg uh, teamed up, and the houses are being built. I think they're mostly done. They're finishing everything up. Um, and I believe they were doing like a, um, a small hospital on the land or, or some kind of, you know, place where they can take care of their health a little bit, but, but all that's pretty much finished. Well, now we could probably use you over in like Mississippi, go take care of the water situation over there. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. kind of insane. Like, Cause I was reading that and I'm like, Jesus, like we're, <laughs> you start looking around this country and you're like Michigan, Mississippi, like we're starting to have those problems. I think maybe it's got, we got to focus a little bit more on, uh, on our own, the water situation here. But, uh, but this one, now, how do you buy hop water? How's it come? It comes in like a 12 pack. Yeah. So the packaging just changed. Um, it's, it's really cool. It's kind of like the, you tear up on the front and you don't need to, you know, you can, you can pull the cans right out, go to hopwater.com, check it out on Amazon. Um, Maybe okay. in, in LA, I know they're in a, we're in a few grocery stores and we're growing. So check it out. It, it, it's awesome. Calorie free. I want to ask you before I let you go, a couple, two things I want to ask. One is, so as people that listen to this show regularly, Dustin would know, is I mentioned, you know, I grew up in Philly. 
I grew up in a tough neighborhood there. You had to know how to use your fist. When I was a little kid, I, I went boxing camp and, and all this stuff. I'm old now. There's no fighting. But when I knew that you were coming on the show, it got me to thinking of all the people I've had on the show, like some, you know, I go athletes and stuff. Like, who would I get a chance with? Obviously, you would kick my ass. Where I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to con- <laughs> I will concede this to you right here. Newsflash, Dustin Poirier would beat the shit out of me if – you wouldn't do that, but I mean, if you know, I got in the ring with you. All right, so I was thinking of some of my other guests, and I want to get your input on here. So the the ones that I've had on that I think could definitely kick my ass, Shannon Sharp, you know, Shannon Sharp, the football player. Of course, he's going to take me down, right? Probably. Yeah, probably yeah, so. All right, Chris Chelios, NHL legend, defends Chris Chelios would beat me, and he would beat me bad. Maynard James Keenan, you familiar with Maynard, the lead no, singer no. of? Tool, you know the band Tool? Of course. Of Maynard's course. a jujitsu though. He's like a fuck, I don't know, I'm with the black belt, whatever the hell he is. I think Maynard would take me down. Allie Wagner, US soccer team, women's soccer team. I know she would beat me because she's <laughs> Charles Woodson, Ronnie Lott. All right, but here's the maybes. All right. This is the maybes. Give me the maybes. All right, you see that. You see that you see this, right? You see these guns me on me right here? Look at this. You oh, see yeah. these? All right, ready? Oh, here we yeah. go. Okay, see. Will Forte. Could I take McGruber? I got him, right? It'd be a pick him. If I was a, if I was an odds maker, it'd be a pick him. <laughs> you take him, pick him with McGruber. All right, all right I can pick see him. that because he, you know, he could come up with some. Unorthodox. Unorthodox. It's McGruber. All right. Uh, Andy Roddick, tennis player. Hall of Fame tennis player, Andy Roddick. It's tennis, though. Uh, Hall of Fame. How old is he? He's younger than me. <laughs> He's uh. probably like late 30s, 40. Probably good hand-eye coordination. All right. Okay. In shape. You know, you, you never know. It might be long. It might be tough to so deal you're with. You're saying Andy Roddick's going to beat me. All right. You're probably oh. not wrong. Okay. Here's one. Pitbull. Pitbull's been on this show. The singer. He's got a lot of energy. Can Pitbull take me? Ah, man. I, I, I want to just say, you know, he grew up, out, I think he grew up in Miami. Tough streets out tough there. Tough neighborhood, but, yeah. But, but dude, you're from Philly. That's That'd right. That'd be a good matchup. That'd pick be a good em. matchup. Another pick em. All right. Another pick em. Matthew McConaughey has been on this show. McConaughey I looks, think you'd be Matt. I, you I think, think I could take McConaughey? Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I think you got that one. All right. I like this. Uh, g Easy. You know g Easy, the singer? Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. How, is, he, is he a big guy? He's tall. He's tall. He's probably 6'1", six, six younger. He's probably in his early 30s. He's going to beat me. Ah. Uh, Dude, another pick him. Another pick him. <laughs> All right, bro. the last one. This is the one. Nick Jonas. Nick Jonas. Does he do any does he do any training? I think I look at it. See this? See this? We think of my all right. This right here, is that good? Or am I not protecting myself properly? No, that's perfect, man. This is it. That's perfect. Then what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> Call the police. <laughs> I mean, do you do any, do you help people? Like you do, you work with kids or any of that stuff, like training people. You ever do any kind of like. I have, I have before. I don't do it often. Um, I mostly help professional fighters who are, who are in fight camp. I'll come out and a couple of my buddies, you know, fight big fights and I'll help them out. But uh, most of the people I do work with have a base and are fighting at a high level already. I don't really start from the ground up, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you somebody from Philly who's, who's a great fighter who I fought twice actually is Eddie Alvarez. All right, the underground king. You need to you need to get him on your show. Got to get him on here. Yeah, fellow Philly guy. Well, you know, I alluded to this earlier in the show. Whenever you read anything about you or see, you're genuinely well liked, 
And what I'm curious about is because you talked about it earlier, when you fight somebody, you're going in there for 15 minutes and you're trying to hurt each other. There's no other way around. You're going to hurt each other. Yeah. Is it easy to transition from that afterwards? Or like, let's go have a beer or like hug it out and these guys are your friends? Um, not all of them. <laughs> most okay. of them, mo- yeah, most of them, no. It's easy to transition into that person I need to be on fight night, but um, for the most part, you know, there'll be a level of respect after you fight another man, but we're not going, you know, I've only went out and had beers after a fight once or twice in my life w- with the guy I fought, I mean. So in the interest of probably keeping your edge, right? It's It would be tough to be overly friendly with somebody who you then have to go in and try to dismember in the ring. Yeah, if I knew them on a personal level, like we grew up, like we were friends and spent years together, that, that might be tough. But some of these guys I, I kind of know and, and I'll still whip their ass up. You'll still do it. All right. Well, speaking of ass whooping, November 12th, 2022, UFC 281. Uh, you are going to be taking on Michael Chandler. It's not now. It's my time to pick. I am going to go on a limb here. So you're going to win that thing in the first round. My man. First I'll round. I'm calling it, and I will put my money on that. Actually, I will put some money on you winning this thing in the first round. I really hope you do, man. I appreciate it, man. All it takes is one mistake. I'll put them away for sure. That's there. You go. Well, Dustin, uh, it's really great to meet you, man. And uh, I think uh, Hop Water. I'm a huge fan. I tell everybody out there. Go go to the website. It's H O P and then W T R. They they're not even fucking around with vowels. They don't need the A. <laughs> they don't need the E. It's just hop water. W T R. And uh, it's really great stuff. As you were saying, there's no calories. There's no alcohol. There's no bad stuff. And what is it called again? What's the thing in there? Promotes brain activity. Oh. I- Ashwagandha is, is one of the things in there. Clearly, I need it because I can't even remember the damn thing. You've said it 10 times. Ashwagandha. And yeah. Google benefits of ashwagandha. What it's, is this other thing? L-theanine. L-theanine. What's that? Mood Just and cognitive little... performance. All right. Yeah. I love it, man. Anything else you want to add before we get rolling? <laughs> no, nah, November 12th. Thank you guys for the support. Dustin Poirier, everybody. And now... A word from one of our dream sponsors, Colt 45, circa 1986. Billy D. Williams talks about changing times. <laughs> times sure are changing. The girl called me up and asked me for a date. Says she's making the dinner reservations. Says she's coming to pick me up. Well, at least I can still say to her, how about a nice, cool, smooth Colt 45? Hi. How about a nice, cool, smooth Colt 45? Colt 45, every time. Got a little update for you. Since I recorded that interview with Dustin Poirier, his opponent in that fight at Madison Square Garden on November 12th, Michael Chandler, has come out and talked about the uh, alleged beef between the two. I found an article in, in something called MMA Junkie. And really, I'm, I'm giving this update because I rarely get to quote MMA Junkie on this show. The article says... Michael Chandler insists things aren't personal between him and Dustin Poirier heading into UFC 281. The top lightweights were involved in a verbal altercation at UFC 276 in July, which led many to think there's a beef between them. But Chandler says a lot of what both he and Poirier have said has been taken out of context. 
Chandler says, I think there's just a tug of war between two dudes who've got the same goal. His goal is to step in the octagon and beat me and get his hand raised and continue to prove that he's one of the best in the world. I have the exact same goal. So there you go. Should be a good fight. Chandler, apparently his last two fights were fight of the year. Contenders beat Tony Ferguson and Justin Gekka. I don't know how to pronounce that. Uh, but this one's going to be a good fight. November 12th. I encourage you to watch it. I also encourage you to check out the hop water. Get yourself some of that. Dustin Poirier's delightful product that he promoted here on the show. I invite you to follow me at the Imbiber Instagram, Twitter. You can look for my next segment on the Adam Carolla Show. I believe it's airing November 2nd. I'll be on the Carolla Show doing a, a vodka segment. Yeah, vodka, vodka. Check it out. The next episode of this show is going to feature my old pal Jackie, the joke man, Martling of Howard Stern fame, will be on the next episode. You're not going to want to miss that. You're really not. Don't. Don't miss it. I've warned you. I'm warning you. And when I warn you, you better pay attention because I am dangerous. I don't like you because you're dangerous. That's right. Nice, man. I am dangerous. And uh, finally, I'll, uh, I'll leave you, as I like to do here, with a joke. Six retired Irishmen playing poker in Monaghan's Pub in Dublin when Sean O'Toole loses 700 pounds on a single hand clutches his chest and he drops dead right there at the table showing respect for their fallen brother the other five continue playing standing up and michael lennon looks around and asks oh me boys someone's got to tell sean's wife who'll it be they draw straws and Kevin colquin picks the short one they tell him to be discreet and gentle and not to make a bad situation any worse discreet i'm the most discreet irishman you'll ever meet discretion is my middle name Leave it to me, announces Kevin. So he heads over to the O'Toole's house and he knocks on the door. Brenda O'Toole answers and asks what he wants. And Kevin says, your husband just lost 700 pounds and is afraid to come home. Well, tell him to drop dead, snarls Brenda. Kevin smiles and says, all right then, I'll go tell him. Peace out, everybody. Peace out. On the road again Just can't wait to get on the road again The life I love is making music with my friends And I can't wait to get on the road again On the road again Going places that I've never been